Hey, welcome back to Grownish. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We're your hosts, Brooklyn Beatty and Josh Williams. And today we're going to talk about a few new segments we want to bring to the podcast because let's be honest, we've had some good topics so far, but we want to bring some stability to the show and bring some segments that you can grow to expect and kind of look forward to in the episodes ahead. Absolutely. And that's one of the segment topics, well, at least two of them that we wanted to talk about. Uh, some of them we wanted to make sure that you could leave here with a piece of information, maybe each episode that you listen to with uh, a little knowledge, because why? Knowledge is power, right? Exactly. So, so stuff that you should know is going to be a permanent segment that we're adding, stuff you should know. So uh, we'll go through uh, maybe about four or five topics that uh, we found interesting that maybe you should know, and you can pass along to your friends or your family. I mean, hey, 21 is, uh, is a new year. Time to uh, bring in new ideas, right? I hate that phrase, new year, new me, but let's make it happen. Absolutely. What's the other one we got? And the other segment we're going to bring is what makes us happy. Because especially after the year we've had, I feel like we just need something to just bring us the joy and make us happy. I don't know. Add a little joy to the show. Absolutely. I mean, the holidays have just wrapped up and, uh, you know... Uh, this is the time where we can voice uh, some of the things that maybe over the course of the last year, even though we've had so much awfulness around us, that we could find a way to bring some light into this show. And uh, and maybe it entices you to think of stuff that makes you happy. And we always encourage you to share what makes you happy or your thoughts with us mm-hmm. on our social media links. Yeah, and then you can... Uh... Learn to do it, too, or look into whatever is making that person happy, and maybe it'll make you happy, too. We're just spreading the joy. Spreading the joy. Spreading that happiness, huh? All right. Well, first, though, before we get into those new segments, I just kind of wanted to catch up with you, Josh, and just talk about maybe what we've been up to lately. Because, like I said, last few episodes, we've had some pretty, like, serious, not serious topics, but we've had, like, really topical shows, meaning they were focused on one thing or one or two things. We haven't really talked about ourselves that much lately. So what have you been up to? Anything new and exciting going on in your life? You know, waiting for the snow to come, and, and, and the goal is here. And I've teamed up with someone at our, our work here. We're building a backyard rink, and eventually we're going to have a backyard curling club. So it, it's waiting for this rain to come that's going to bring the uh, eventual snow that's going to freeze everything over. But it's, it's kind of like waiting in limbo right so now. So is this going to be in your backyard? Where is this going to happen? Uh, this is going to be in a backyard that is uh, a TBA, uh, only because, uh, again, uh, we, we're working with the locals in the community here. Again, this curling club is going to be big. The Compton, which is where Notre Dame hockey plays, that used to be where curling action happened. Okay. And since they shut their doors for COVID... Curling is no more. So we've got a bunch of rogue leagues that are creating and popping up all over the place for curling. I know. You're looking at me like, Josh, what are you talking about? We're not even four minutes into this episode and you're talking about <laughs> curling. But, yes, this is this is what folks do in the wintertime when you're all bottled up. you got no gym to go to, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to find something else here to get involved with. And, and I can't think of any better uh, sporting event that I would like to do besides strapping on some ice skates and hopping out there on the ice with a stick. And a puck other than curling. Have you been curling before? Never. 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 I did it once. You did it once. It's actually super, super hard. I really? won't lie. Were you um, the broom person or were you the, the, the one think, who launches the rock? I think I did a little bit of everything. Okay. This was several years back, but um, I went with a group of friends. It was actually a friend of mine and his um, co-workers. So they oh. got a lot of people to go together, just invited their friends and family and made it a big thing. We went to this thing. It was in Fort Wayne called the Fort Wayne Curling Club. Okay. And they do events where you can book a big group of people and you go and you learn how to curl. And how'd you do? Not great. <laughs> um, I'm not really.
really that good on the ice anyway. Okay. Like ice skating. I don't know why. When I was a kid, I thought I wanted to like be a professional ice skater. I don't know why I never had any training, but I always thought that was amazing and super fun. I'm the person that falls down multiple times every time I go. So why I thought I could even do that is beyond me. So I don't know. I didn't have high expectations for this curling um, training, but it was a lot harder than I even expected. Not so much for the broom people. That's pretty easy because you just got to make sure you're staying ahead of the whatever it's called. I don't know if it's just the it's curl, rock. the rock, the rock. Okay. They throw the rock or the stone, the stone. Okay. I you have to make sure. Stone. I don't know. I knew that I knew the phrases or the, the proper names for it when I did it, but I don't remember now. But that was pretty easy. Just make sure you don't fall down. But the person who has to, like, launch it out, yeah, it is so hard. It looks like they have to be so delicate. Because, yeah, you have to be delicate, but you still have to push it in a way that makes sure it goes far. Because it's super easy just to get it, like, a couple feet and it stops. And then that's awkward. Or, <laughs> or you fall down. You literally fall to your side because you're trying to balance on your foot and your knee and push it. I don't know. It was really hard. Are there any specialized shoes that, that are required for this? I think we wore our normal shoes, but they were little things you put on the ends of them. It was like these ah. little like rubber caps or something yeah. that you stuck to your shoe. So then get some grip or it was the hard slip. part of like keeping that on your shoe and sliding. And I just remember being embarrassed because I, it was one of those things where it was so hard. I didn't even really want to do it because I knew it was going to be bad every time I tried. Well, guess what, Brooklyn, you're going to have your chance for redemption coming up Ugh. here in a few weeks. The backyard curling club is coming to a, a backyard near you. I'll stay a, I'll uh, stay a broom pusher for that. probably. <laughs> so what's been new with you though? Um, not really that much, just wrapping up the holidays and, one thing that I super love about a new year is your new planner and new organization. And that is like what I'm thriving off of right now. So every year I always go to Target or wherever I want to get a new planner. And I they're usually not that expensive, like 20 bucks. But this year I splurged. I bought a $70 planner. What in the world would you I need know. a $70 okay. planner for? Hear me out, though. I'm hearing you. I love planners so much. I take them everywhere I go. Like I never not have a it's literally I have one sitting in front of me. It's not the expensive one, but that one took I was say, is multiple this a $70 days. Planner? No, this isn't the seventy dollars one. This is a really cheap one. I'd expect from a cover where you could probably clap your hands a little bit, and the cover opens up for you and says, "Good morning, Brooklyn." No, here, here's the thing. I designed it first of all. Oh. So um, the front is tie dye. Okay. And then it says twenty twenty one on the front. I could have put my name. I could have put whatever I wanted, but I designed it. And then you figure out how you want it laid out. Whether you want it broken down by hour or broken down by day or month on the inside. And then you can figure out what design scheme and the color pattern. So I went all out and made it my own. And I'm just really excited about it. It's super thick. It's got stickers inside. It's broken down by months. It has um, inspirational quotes at every month to get you started on the next month. From who are these quotes from? I don't know. Whatever they found. You didn't get to pick? No, unfortunately. I didn't Did get you pick, pick a genre of like quotes? No. Okay. I didn't know how. Listen, <laughs> you're creating like this is like a customizable, you know, a uh, book here that you're putting together. How details have, do they go? If you have money to spend and you like planners, I'll just throw it out there. It's Aaron Condren. That's the designer. Aaron. AaronCondren.com. And yeah, it was it was pretty expensive, but I think it was totally worth it. And I'm really excited to use it this year. Does it come with a digital? I know. I, I'm sorry not to be hung up on this, but does it come with a digital copy as well? Something. I mean, no. Ew. I'm trying to figure out why not just get a blank white. You know you know, agenda, and then doodle on it yourself. It seems like you could save like 30 bucks on that. I don't have the time or the, I don't really even want to do that desire, okay. Okay. I guess. Also, this one is hardback. Oh, it's thick. Hey, I have <laughs> a lot of respect C's. for the hardback books. It's a thick boy. Absolutely. Got 
it's just amazing. Okay, I'll have to show it to you. I know it sounds like too much. Every time I like tell someone that I spent seventy dollars on a planner, they think I'm a psycho. But it's okay. I just expect a little more from seventy. It's the one thing. It's the one thing that like makes me so happy every year. I can see the jubilation (laughs) on your face right now. So it does. It matches. So I feel like it was money well spent. Honestly, hey, it was money well spent. Right? Yeah, and like I just need something. Nice and cheery to just start my year. Make me feel like I'm super organized. I always buy a new calendar to put on the wall at home. I have a new notebook thing this year. It's just new year, new me. I new say that year. every year. New you. But it's not. I'm still organized and still loving my planners every year. And that's just, that's what's going on in my life. A respect for the hardback covers, though. I, I journal and I like to, I have a hardback cover journal that I use. Okay. Absolutely. So I have a little respect for the hardback varieties of which we try to jot our notes down or our thoughts into. That's another thing I've been trying to do is start journaling. It's, do you do it every day? Yeah. And um, a way that I think that works for some people, at least for me, was you either could write a letter to yourself, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, dear whatever. You could write to dear Josh and then date it and then write what happened throughout the day. Or you could do basically a shorter version of that, which is date it, put the uh, day, whether it's a Friday, an actual date, and then jot down like what happened. So you can start in the morning and just bullet point things that happen. So easy way for folks who have a lot going on in their lives, especially in their 20s, right? You're starting to try to find these organizational roots. Um, This is a great way to keep track of daily life. How long Um, have you been doing that? Actually, I started that at the beginning of this year. So 2020 in January. Has it been beneficial? Uh, Yeah. And you know what's really wild? I'm not sure if I'll ever try and publish this, but the notes from when we all got sent home from the office and sent home for quarantine. Uh, I, I kept journal throughout that entire time. And, and looking back, you can see the ups and downs of like, this is a daily life. It was a struggle. And uh, I know that if, if I had a struggle just being single by myself, living through quarantine alone, um, I can't imagine what other folks went to went through and, and maybe kept more detailed. This is accounts. history in the making for sure. Oh, yes. And I've already saw I've seen one gal who's out there. She literally published her journal already. And this journal is incredible. The the detail accounts that she kept of every day, mm. unbelievable. And she was a nurse. Oh, wow. So that's going to be something big. Even right. like 20, 30 years from now, I feel like people are going to be reading that and just so looking back. And You're going to try and journal a little bit in 21? Um, yeah, I think so. And I'll tell you why. It's because back in 2020, around April or May, I started seeing a therapist. And I'm pretty open about this, so I don't mind talking about it at all. But um, back in like March of last year, that's kind of when everything just started going south with coronavirus, with just hard news. There was a lot of stuff going on, and it was really taking a toll on my mental health. I was just really down all the time and really stressed out about things that I couldn't control. So I started going to see a therapist, and it took a lot of convincing for me to even go. Just because, yeah, I I don't know. It wasn't really, I wouldn't say it was really the way I was raised so much as maybe it was just a personal issue. But I always kind of viewed therapy as like your last resort, uh-huh. you know, like you're going to see a therapist because you're weak. You can't handle life. And I know that's untrue and I don't feel that way now, but that's how I was feeling. It's an unfortunate stigmatism. Exactly. And it's a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Um, and so it took a lot of convincing, but I decided to start going. And I will say I definitely don't feel those negative feelings about it now. I actually really enjoy my time and I really like my therapist. She's really nice. She's really gotten to know me, um, but she has told me to start journaling and it took a couple of months for her to convince me because I hate journaling. 
What? As a kid, I would do it, and I always would write, like, Dear Diary and talk about, like, <laughs> the boys I had a crush on or the drama I was dealing with in fifth grade. But it was never something that I took seriously when I got older. Right. Um, I don't think I've actually journaled seriously in years and actually tried to journal and write my thoughts out. And so she told me a couple times, she's like, the things that you're stressed about, write them out. You're going to feel better about them. It's not going to solve your issues, but it's going to let your brain decompress. And she was trying to explain to me that even just writing it out on paper, it will make your brain just feel like it doesn't have to think about it all the time anymore. And I thought that was kind of a weird philosophy because I'm like, how was writing it down going to make me feel better? I'm just going to be reliving it all over again. And she told me this too. Journaling on the computer, people type their journals. Mm -hmm. That's okay, but it actually doesn't do the same thing as actually writing it out by hand. So I've been trying it the past couple of weeks. She wants me to journal every single day, but I'm going to be honest. I do it maybe like twice a week right now, but it's better than nothing. It's a start. But I've only been doing it for a few weeks, and I will say I do see some improvement with stuff because it's like it could be something kind of silly, but it's stressing you out, and you can't stop thinking about it, and you're going over it in your head over and over and over. But the things that I have written out, I've realized I've stopped stressing it out so much. So she was 100% on point. When I meet with her next week, she's going to tell me that I told you so. I've been telling you. <laughs> so she was right. So I'm just impressed with you by doing it every day. So I was that's why I was asking all those questions. You know, is it working for you? Yeah. How often do you do it? Because I'm actually going through that right now. And I'm trying to figure out, is this for me? Do I want to try to do it every day? I don't know. I lose patience. But she also did mention that. Writing bullet points can be really beneficial if you don't like writing right. out your whole life story every day because my hand starts cramping up after like a page. <laughs> I haven't tried the bullet points yet, but she did say that that's basically as beneficial as writing out a long paragraph. So you don't have to make it multiple pages if you don't want to. You know, it was um, I love the fact that that you've progressed into that window there. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. Um, I had a friend that um not too far removed but he's one of one of the guys that he's a younger guy than me but always look to him as like wow this guy is put together you mm-hmm. know he's got something about him going on what he does every day and he's one of the most positive genuine folks i've ever met in my life and uh, he's had the world against him so like there's not a lot of reasons for this guy to be that positive mm-hmm. and and hoopla all the time but what he does is every day he starts out he has a, he has a devotional that he does but what he does is he writes positive thoughts I will um, be better about not letting things get to me today. I will um, be better about handling tasks today. He writes all these down to basically put them into action. So these thoughts and words, he puts them down into action. And uh, you should see the way that this man walks through life kind of with an armor about him that is things are going wrong. It doesn't really matter because this man has got something GPS coordinated inside his heart, his soul, his mind that forget about it. You can throw this man off his course and he's going to hop right back on. Well, good for him. Right? That's inspirational. Right? Right? So uh, maybe that's something in in this year that we're in. I don't know. Maybe I might have to pick that up a little bit. And maybe you you guys are going to pick up something, too, that you guys are going to start in this 21 year that uh, you might not have ever thought about doing. But Mm -hmm. I think that's the uh, not the desperation route that we're heading to, but I think that just puts the magnitude of what this year that we're in right now. There's so much possibility right now. Yes. And that's what I also love about the beginning of the year. Every year, I was feeling the same way about 2020 back before it went to shit. But back in like January of 2020, when I was like, wow, 
we have a whole year ahead of us. We don't know what it's going to bring. Obviously, I'm thinking positive things, but with us being in January of 2021 now, you have so much, you have so many chances to start something new and create yourself a better year than you had before. So I don't know. What do you think, Brooklyn? Should we take a little break, come back, and maybe uh, tease a little bit of something that you're going to start new this year? I'll give one of mine. I know we didn't talk about this, but hey, maybe we just throw one out to the listeners real quick. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And welcome back to Grownish. We're going to talk about stuff that we are going to maybe throw out in this uh, 21 year that we're living in. Stuff that we're going to do new this year. Uh, so, Brooklyn, I know I threw this one upon you, you right did. before we hit the break, but is there anything that you're going to try this year that's going to be new for you Ooh. that you're going to attempt? See, I don't know about anything new. Like, I mean, I feel like when you're talking about it, you're like, I'm going to join a new club <laughs> or go to do this or go do that. And I can't think of anything like brand new. But there is something I want to do less of, even though I even hate myself for saying this out loud, because I feel like if I'm saying it loud, I'm making it happen and I'm... I'm just in denial. I need to stop eating so much fast food and drinking so much pop. Really? Yeah. It became a problem this year. And you know why? Because a couple of years ago, I worked in Fort Wayne. And by where I worked, there was nothing. Like, we had one McDonald's and there was a Subway. And that was basically it. There just wasn't much to, like, eat for lunch. So I always packed my lunch every day for work. Well, then I moved to Mishawaka. And we have basically any restaurant you need, it's like right around the corner. Fast food row is oh like my gosh. half a mile away. Well, it's been bad. And I just feel like it's not so much the unhealthy part. It just feels like I'm spending too much money on lunch. I just need to stop. And I I feel bad even saying that because I just love fast food. I really do. I love food <laughs> so much. It brings me so much joy. But I feel like it shouldn't be bringing me as much joy as it does. It's so just food. You're going to take the one thing away so far. Uh, it's giving you some joy over here. I mean... I'm not going to take away my iced coffee, okay? Okay, that's good. And we live within driving, we, we live, we work within driving distance of both Dunkin' and Starbucks, so I'm going to allow myself that. We all need those guilty pleasures. Absolutely. Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts are my guilty pleasure, but I just feel like, especially soda, too, you know how much Dr. Pepper I drink? How much? I don't know, but it's a lot. I would love to actually have like a day where Brooklyn maybe calculates how much Dr. Pepper she's had. See, I don't have it every day, every day. but when I do have it, I get like the large cup and oh, it's probably large. a couple times a week. 32 ounce or 42 ounce. Whatever it is at the restaurant I'm at. But I think it was like a couple weeks ago you were texting me about, I was sick and you're like, well, lay off the caffeine. Don't drink a large Dr. Pepper today or something. And I was like, <laughs> you know me well. It's the, right. one, it's, <laughs> it's the one thing. I just love it so so much. I don't know. She goes, she goes, how did you know that literally I had just drank a large Dr. Pepper? And I was sick. I, I don't know. It's just Brooklyn. You know, I where shouldn't there's be Brooklyn, drinking there's that. There's Dunkin' Donuts in one hand, and I guarantee you in the left hand, there is a Dr. Pepper of some sort. There was one day I was getting ready to leave work, and I had like a large oh my thermos, <laughs> a large water bottle, and a large, I think, Dr. Pepper or coffee or something. And you were like, are you hydrated? Do you have enough? And I was like, I don't know. Do I? I just can't get enough. She okay? can't get enough. So that's one thing. There's a couple more on my list, but why don't you go ahead and let oh, me you know something. Oh, you got a couple more? I thought yeah. we were just going to come up with one, but my goodness, keep going. Well, okay, this what was... I'm ready for it. You just put me on the spot. <clears throat> this was something I wanted to do last year, and I kind of failed. I just really want to read more. I miss the person I used to be 
back in like elementary and middle school where I was that girl carrying around like 800 page Harry Potter books. Like I love to read. I read, I read all the time, especially because I, my parents have a lake place. And when I was a kid, I felt like I was forced to go to the lake every weekend. Looking back, it, I was like honored. To go to the lake. <laughs> a lot of kids don't have that option, you know, right. but when you're a kid and there's like parties going on or something and you have to miss it because your parents want to go to the lake, it really sucked at the time. I but it was good. I have good memories looking back. So it was all, you know, all good. But I used to read my heart out during those weekends because there wasn't that much to do. We didn't have internet. We didn't have TV. So if we weren't on the boat and out swimming, I was just at the lake, like sitting on the deck and reading. And I just missed that. I don't feel like I have the time as much anymore, but I also have the time to binge watch TV. So I feel like yeah. I'm more. She said, okay, well, I'm talking out of one side of my mouth, but here I am talking out the other side too. I feel like I have more time <laughs> than I think I do. Yeah. So, and last year I had a goal and I hate to, I I think we talked about this a few podcasts back where I was blaming 2020, Mm -hmm. but how can you really blame 2020 for not reading that much when everyone was quarantined? So like I should have had more time to read than I did. I know it's twisted. Yeah, what but was I had your excuse goal. on that one? I'm I just don't know. Curious. I don't have an excuse, okay? okay. I was I lazy. If it was. My excuse was Vampire Diaries. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm two episodes of I'm two episodes away from finishing that show and I'm avoiding them because I'm not emotionally ready for it. You're not ready. What does it take for you to be emotionally ready for the finale of your love the love of your life? Here's the thing. My boyfriend can't be home. I want to watch it by myself because I was watching the third to the last episode and he thinks that show is really stupid, okay? And so while someone was literally dying, he was in the other room going, oh, my God. <laughs> and he was, like, making fun of the show. Uh, oh, and my gosh. That was rude, okay? Because I told him, I said, please don't talk to me or even look at me right now because I'm trying to get immersed in the show and feel the emotions, and you're ruining it for me. And then my dog was also annoying me. She kept, like, getting in my face, and there was an emotional scene, and I was trying to be emotional, and she was distracting me. Okay, I'm going to if I if this show is ending, I want to cry with it. I want to feel everything inside. And so I'm avoiding these two episodes until I'm alone. My dog can go on a doggy play date with her neighbor friend and Tim can be at work and I can just get immersed. You know, I was wondering before we uh, started today's recording of this podcast, you know, she told you, oh, hey, it's my neighbor. Hold on one second. And she's making sure that she can set up this doggy play date. And I'm like, what is the importance there? But now I see it. The importance is, is so you can quickly get rid of Stella, find a way to get the man out of the house for a little bit. On a weekend, the kid's not there, so you can finish what you started so long ago. Because here's the thing. I've watched a lot of shows in my time, and I don't mind watching finales usually with other distractions. But this show, I think, is my all-time favorite show I've ever watched. And it has so much meaning to me. I am in love with these people. Like, I have cried with them. I have laughed with them. I have watched them die and come back to life as vampires and werewolves. And there's just so many things going on with these people. And I cannot let the ending just be the ending and not cry and feel like my life is over for a couple of minutes. Okay? I have to let them just, like... I feel like I'm not making any sense, but no, this someone is making has so to agree much sense, with me. But I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard to contain this I laughter. To... I just want to let, I can't even look at you right now, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> oh man, Brooklyn, I, I love the emotional investment that you have in this show and the fact that it's Vampire Diaries. And I think I saw a commercial this morning on BBC America about the vampire show. And I immediately thought of Brooklyn. I'm like, wow. She would probably be getting so lit right now to see a preview of like that. Oh my god! But yeah, you're already you're already sailing this ship. So down. here's the thing: 
back to what I was talking about. I want to read more because I know that we got so off topic. I know, here. my goodness. <laughs> because if I have that much time and like availability to get that invested in the show, I had the time to read. And my goal for 2020 was to read 12 books. I was trying to read one a month, which shouldn't be that hard. But I think I read five. Mm. So I didn't even make half, it half. Almost. Half, I didn't even make almost, it halfway. Almost halfway. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll try to make it twelve this year. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm sorry we got off topic so no, much there. That was amazing. And, and I should have known what was on the other side of that, but uh, I had to go there. In case you to. haven't caught on yet, I really like Vampire Diaries. She loves Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Okay, but uh, to get us back on topic there, uh, what and again, what we were talking about is um, things that we're going to start new in this 21 year that we're living in. And as January has already come and started as it has, I think for me, it's going to be about, uh, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy. I don't know how I follow up with you, but um, attending church, I know. Uh, It's something that I've gotten away from uh, a while, uh, again, with my Catholic upbringing. You know, I was sent to Catholicism classes on Wednesday after school. So, you know, most kids, when they get home, they get to go home and watch uh, Nickelodeon or whatever. I got my one episode of Walker, Texas Ranger with uh, Chuck Norris Mm -hmm. on USA Today. And then I had to go to the church from like 530 to 7 to go do my Catholicism classes. And you know what? And maybe just with everything ugly in the world, maybe I'm just looking for something that I can go through a week and just be in a zone where I don't know. And, and maybe I'm making an excuse for saying church is where I need to go. But I think that that's where I, I want to start. I look up to my dad, who is a cop, and every Sunday he goes to church by himself, you know, just as a kind of reflection time for him. It's his time. And uh, I grew up, you know, going every other weekend to his house. So I got to see that up close with him and and just the mannerism of which he went about that. My dad's not a a very religious man to begin with, but you almost have to be somewhat religious or or have faith, right, to do the job that you're doing as a cop. So with that being said, you know, as we go on and get older in life, what can we start doing to sharpen ourselves, to sharpen that faith or sharpen that armor? And I think maybe getting back to the roots of things, you know, uh, of where things started, maybe getting back to that blind faith again uh, and believing in something bigger is where it starts in in this year of maybe just. I'm not like a big church person, but I will say this. I feel like if you have the desire to go back to church, if there's something in you that's telling you should go, you should go. Yeah. Don't. That's not something I feel like you should fight against. Like if you have an innate desire to be there, then go. Because. All you're going to do is benefit from that. Yeah. Even if you're not super religious. I mean, I used to attend church back in high school is really when I went a lot. And I used to go by myself or with my friend. Um, My family didn't really go that much. And so I wanted to be um, into it more because I wasn't really raised religious. So me and a good friend of mine, we met every single Sunday and went together. And I will say, like, it was a good time. It made me feel really every Sunday when I left, I felt really refreshed. Yeah. And I don't really go anymore. Um, I don't know if I will be going back anytime soon, but at the same time, that's just not something I feel like you should fight. Right. So. Yeah. So that that's something that I'm going to start new this year. Um, and, and the other thing, too, and I know this is something that we haven't even talked about yet, but I, I wanted to find a way to start doing once a month. So there's 12 opportunities here to do something that's just in, 
an incredibly nice thing. Now, it doesn't have to mean you go donate a thousand bucks. But, you know, my stepdad who passed away of cancer, you know, he was kind of a, a hoarder type. So what he always did was prepare for like doomsday. Mm-hmm. So in the basement of his house, there's all these buckets of like surplus food. So like, say if a natural disaster happened, you'd open up one of these buckets and then there is like rice and all these other things. So it's like maybe taking one of those buckets and donating it to uh, someone who's in need. So uh, a homeless shelter or, or maybe something like that. So it's finding something once a month, not once a week, but once a month. I feel like that's obtainable. Twelve opportunities just to do something and, and give back. Mm-hmm. Not, it doesn't have to be monetary, but it could just be something simple enough to go back out there and, and, and spread love. Because I feel that's like after, idea. after all this ugliness that we had, right, why not just create an opportunity to spread some sort of love? Right. I feel like everyone is in the mindset right now to just have a really good year because we've right. all had a really crappy year in 2020. And so everyone is just like, we're going to make this year count. We're going to make it great. Yeah. Um, if you are looking to help homeless people, this is one idea I saw, I think, on TikTok. But I've been wanting to do it myself since it's still in the winter. Someone said a really good idea because, you know, a lot of people give homeless people just money or food. But this is something they don't get as much. Going to Walmart, they have those bins of like a dollar eighty-eight blankets, like those really cheap uh, yes. uh, fleece blankets. Just buying like ten of them, keeping them in your car, and when you see a homeless person, just say, "Hey, do you want a blanket?" Yeah. Because they're outside all day. And I heard that a lot of people they don't get stuff like that very often. So just something else, another layer to keep them warm. I thought that was a really good idea, and it's not expensive. I love that. So if you idea. don't have a lot of money to spend, like grab a couple blankets. They're like two bucks each. Right. So, oh, that's you know, such a idea. neat idea. That's such a neat idea. And if you, if you folks have any ideas too, that maybe you'd like to do or, or start up this year, Hey, start the conversation. Let's hear about it. We'd love to hear about it. Definitely. At least. All right. Stay with us. I think we're going to come back now and talk about those segments that we were teasing at the beginning of this show. Stuff you should know, what makes us happy. It's all ahead next. And welcome back. We are going to start with one of our segments we're hoping to make maybe a semi-permanent to permanent segment on the podcast, and that's stuff you should know. And really, this can be anything. It can be facts that we just find interesting, something that's kind of newsworthy going on right now, just something that I like to think of as you would take to your dinner table to share with your family at the end of the day. Like, hey, this is kind of an interesting fact I heard today. Let's share it. You know, something to pass around. I like that a lot. Dinner table talk. Dinner table talk. <laughs> dinner table talk. That's what we'll call this topic. No, dinner come on. We're cutting talk. that. Dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> it's forever dinner table talk. That's <laughs> the DTD. <laughs> oh, my God. That was amazing. Okay, in all seriousness, I think I have a speech impediment. It hasn't been diagnosed, but I have some issues. It's okay. Dinner table talk. There. Third time's the charm, right? I love it. I so love it. I don't even remember what I was saying now because that was, <laughs> I have tears streaming down my face right now. That was hilarious. I'm sorry, everyone. Oh, anyway. A little that's, reset. That's stuff you should know. Okay. Stuff you should know. Absolutely. So do you want to tell me a fact or do you want me to start? How yeah, do you want to do this? What? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just throw myself in here. Let me get uh, my mic appropriately put in front of me here. But uh, one of the things that I found interesting here is this. During exercise, women's primary primary fuel is fat, whereas men, their primary fuel 
is carbohydrates. Dun, 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 dun. I feel like that's unfortunate because when I do work out, I don't feel like I'm losing any fat. So well, you should know because here you go, right? Your fuel now is fat. Yeah, but what? I don't know how that changes anything for me. I don't either. I just I wish I was losing as, uh, more fat than I was when I was working out. Mine was terrible. I'm so no, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I have a fact, though, I need to share with everyone because it's disturbed me. And I read this a couple weeks ago, and I can't stop thinking about it. What's this? I'm a major apple eater. I eat apples, like, every single day. Okay. Did you know that the apples in the grocery store can be over? This can't even be right. I think one year old. Really? They could be picked in a year ago, and they're just making it to the store. This is my issue with it, though. And I've read this in multiple, from multiple sources. So it's not just one source that I read this from. And it might not be correct, so correct me if I'm wrong. But why, then, do you buy the apples, and then after a couple of weeks, they're going bad? How come they are, like, going bad as soon as they get to your house, but they're over a one-year-old at the store, and they look fine? I'm so confused by this. It has blown my mind. You can Google it yourself. But as an apple eater and someone who eats an apple every day, it trips me up to think this was plucked a year ago. Really? How is that possible? I want to know the process that the apple goes over that year then. Where has it been? Right. What What was it doing? Wait a minute. What? I know. It's just tripping me up. Is it because that they water it? I mean, mean, obviously it's not. The pesticides? But, you know, the guy in the store, he he starts every day. He's got his little spray bottle. He's spraying all the fruit and the vegetables that's on the little thing. Or they got the misters. Remember going to Kroger as a kid, and they got those little misters that are spraying all the fruit and vegetables. Yeah, but I go to Kroger still. That's my primary grocery store. And the apples aren't underneath the misters. The misters are usually like the vegetables, like the carrots and the celery uh-huh. and the broccoli. The apples are in their own area in the center of the produce area. So they're not even being misted. So how come they just are fine? Maybe this is a fake fact. I don't know, but I've seen it in a couple different places. I literally Googled it out of curiosity and it said it was true. And I am just mind blown by this. You're mind blown by this. It's kind uh, of disturbing have to do a little our own bit. little independent investigation of in what happens with these apples. <laughs> Cuz how old is the rest of our produce in the store? Okay? Okay, well here's one for you then. When we're talking about how old things are. You know Tabasco sauce, right? Mm-hmm. So Tabasco sauce, when you see that thing sitting on the table, whatever diner you go to, that bottle of Tabasco sauce took 3 years for it to even be made. Yes, that's right. So when they make Tabasco sauce from the actual peppers itself, they take it, they put it in these uh, wooden crate barrels, okay? And they have to stay sealed inside of a barn. And I believe they got salt that they put on top of the lid of the barrel. So that's what kind of like helps with the, uh, the hydration of it and kind of evaporating some of that moisture. The salt soaks it up. But it stays inside this barrel inside a dark barn at uh, one of these uh, Tabasco farms for three years before it even makes it out of the production. That's how long the that's fermentation so wild. process even takes. So when you're having Tabasco sauce, that thing might have taken five years for you to even have that in front of your hands right now, right? That is weird. Isn't that wild? That is wild. Yeah. So apples, Tabasco sauce, what's in the apple? We got to find out. We're going to have to find out. I don't know. We need like an investigation sound effect. like Gronish investigates the truth about apples. How long does it take to get from farm fresh to deli side? Coming up. To deli side? Yeah, because, you know, you go to the deli, you get your apple, right? A deli is meat, though. Well, deli. Yeah, Martin's got deli. Deli, deli, you know, produce. Deli cheese and meat. Is that what this is called? 
deli cheese and meat? I don't know. I oh. don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about anymore. All I know is that uh. I might have just shared a fake fact. So I'm sorry if you guys will take that home and then tell people at your dinner table and it's wrong. No, don't. Don't. It's it's not wrong because we, we don't know. We're going to have to investigate. So, folks, at some point in time between episodes, uh, well, seven, eight, and nine, and maybe ten, we're going to do a little bit of investigation mm-hmm. into this Apple thing. And 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 Josh and Brooklyn are going to come back here with a report. We'll and we're going to find out. No, she's, she's over here, like, rolling her eyes at me like I'm not about to go to Martin's and, uh, you know, put on my MNC polo and be like, Hi, I'm doing a story today about apples. You know, it's been rumored that apples take a year to get from wherever you guys pick them from. So <laughs> I don't where... think the grocery store is picking the apples. You sure? Yeah. Why not? Doesn't that I mean, hold? if you're shopping at like a mom and pop grocery, maybe, but yeah. I go to Kroger. That's not, they're not, they're not picking the apples. You're telling me Kroger's is not mom and pop anymore. No. What has the world come to? Oh my gosh. Can we, let's go on with our next fact. <laughs> We're tired of hearing about apples. Okay. I have one, and it's just off the top of my head. But I was, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Bobby Bones. From, I've heard of Bobby yeah, Bones. Yeah, so I listen to his podcast. They're, they're my favorite podcast. It's basically just the Bobby Bones show. He does a morning show on a lot of country stations throughout the country. And they do a podcast just on, like, what they talked about during that show. And they did a whole segment on how often you should clean different rooms of your home. And some of them, like, actually shocked me. To have a perfectly clean, like, sanitary house, you're supposed to clean different rooms for a different, like, a different amount of days per week to make sure it's sanitary. So I'm going to quiz you and just see how often you should be cleaning these rooms of your house. Okay. The kitchen. How often a week do you think? Every day. Okay. You got that one right. And I agree. And I actually do clean the kitchen every day. Usually while I'm cooking or cleaning up, I just clean it's it. It's got to be mean, done before I go to bed. Yes. And there have be. been a couple times where I just go to bed and leave it because I'm just so tired. And I hate myself the next day when I wake up because, A, your house smells like whatever you ate, which is <laughs> disgusting. Uh, but then also it's just like a pain in the butt to get yes. up in the morning and have to do it. And everything's and all glued dirty. onto your pants. And yeah, like, I hate it. But um, so that one, that one wasn't shocking. The bathrooms. Every day. You clean a bathroom every single day. After you get out of the shower. Think about it. You get all the moisture and stuff that's on the windows and stuff, right? So you take your little squeegee, you get everything off there. I'm talking about scrubbing down the toilet, scrubbing down the tub, scrubbing down the sink with like actual cleaning products. Oh, okay. Uh, You know, if that's the case, maybe once a week. Once a week. Okay. That was actually wrong. Really? It's supposed to be twice a week. On Monday, Friday type of thing. I am actually once a week sometimes, sometimes even a little bit longer if I've just had a busy week. I try to keep up with it before things get, like, gross. Right, right. Um, But I always thought once a week was okay. as long. But I, according to the study that I was listening to on this podcast, it's twice a week to have a nice. really clean bathroom. And I get the argument. I mean, it's where you get clean. Right. So Gotta make why sure would you want the room that you're <laughs> right. getting clean in? Um, what about normal rooms like bedrooms and living room and stuff? Uh, it depends on your level of OCD, but uh, I'd say daily, right? That's one of your things. I think things that was once a house. week. What? But you're thinking. I confused. feel like you're thinking about just picking up stuff. This means like dusting, vacuuming, like sweeping. I don't have time to do that every single day. You don't. No. I'm OCD. Where I, if when I get home, I'm probably going to sweep hit the vacuum. Yeah, really? Because I, you got animals, right? Yeah, I have a dog. So, well, and the good thing, a good thing about Stella, unfortunately, is this: is she's never going to shed the amount. 
like what a German Shepherd would oh, shed. Oh no, and she sheds, but your dogs. If they are shedding like that, you you almost have no choice. Otherwise, hair is just going to continue to get everywhere. So it's a constant battle of trying to make sure that you keep the hair on the floor furniture ratio down as much as you possibly can. Yeah. I I feel like I vacuum less than I probably should, but I also try to keep up with it, but I can't do it every day. That's really? for sure. But I it, it's once a week that you're supposed to like hardcore clean those rooms. But the one that got me that they had on the list that I don't even think about cleaning is your laundry room. Ooh. Once a year. I don't know. No, they were saying once a week. And How? I remember the people on that podcast, they were like, um, I don't clean that room ever because that's where everything else gets clean. But it's the same argument of the bathroom. It's where you're getting clean, so it should be clean. But my laundry room, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to this, it's the basement. So I don't have like a specific laundry room. It's literally like in our basement. And our basement is a mess right now. So I just try not to like fold clean clothes down there. I usually just like put them in a basket and take them upstairs and fold them all. I'm stuck on that. But once a week, they were saying. I'm stuck. Why? I don't know. Wait, what, what do you clean? So am I supposed to once a week get inside Dust my it. washer and dryer and Have you ever washed your washing machine? Oh my gosh. I gotta tell you, Brooklyn, don't ever get a Samsung washer. Because I it is the most baffling thing I've ever heard of my life. There's literally a little compartment at the bottom of it. You gotta open this panel up. There's a little almost looks like a dial that you, you can turn. It's got a little filter cleaner in there, a little filter that kind of like collects everything as you, you do your washes. And there's a hose next to it that's got a little cap on it. Okay, so you take this hose and you're like, what do I do with this? You pull off the cap, water starts pouring out of the hose. So you got to make sure you get a bucket. So the washer's draining. I open this little valve thing, the filter, and all of a sudden, boom, water just comes flying out of there like I had just ripped open the side of the Titanic hitting an iceberg. No, I'm serious. It was awful. And the smell. So, I mean, apparently I was supposed to be doing this thing for like plenty of times before of draining this thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, my God. So, I don't have it. My washing machine doesn't do that. I but wish... I have a setting that says tub clean. And yeah. you're supposed to just pour some bleach in and hit tub clean, and it cleans itself with the bleach. Well, Samsung forgot to put that uh, <laughs> in the uh, factory. But I didn't know you're supposed to be doing that once a month, actually. I don't. It's once a month? No, I forget. It's been like three months since I've done it. But See? you know what, though? I hate running the tub clean because it sounds like someone is downstairs like banging pots and pans because there's nothing inside the washer to keep it balanced when it's cleaning itself. So it's like, because it's not balanced. It drives me nuts. So I usually just don't do it because it's annoying. Wow. So it's an inconvenience, though. Yes. Same with the dishwasher. Do you wash your dishwasher? Hmm. I literally have tablets that you're supposed to clean out your dishwasher, put the tablet in and run it empty once a month. I don't do it once a month either. I gotta but I, tell you, I probably clean the oven more than I clean the dishwasher. I barely ever clean the oven. But See, that should tell you how much people actually clean their the dishwasher, right? Well, us. <laughs> Some people are sitting here like these kids. They're I so wash my nasty. dishwasher every week. <laughs> you know what though? This is literally grownish if I've ever heard it because we are trying to figure out how do you clean your house? I don't Time know. Out, though. Time out, go back to your grandparents. Okay. Remember loading up the dishwasher? How many times have you ever seen your grandparents say, Hey, Hey, uh, you know, Sharon, it's time to clean out the dishwasher. Or Don, get on My the dishwasher. grandparents didn't have dishwashers. You're right. Your grandfather was a dishwasher. What? Well, yeah, because they were always doing it by hand. Oh, usually if I was at my grandma's house, um, she had us wash the dishes. So, I don't know. But 
we're definitely just trying to figure it out. Absolutely. So I think we're going to take a break here. And then our next topic that we come back for, this is one that we've been actually excited for and looking forward to. We're going to play a little game here, and it's going to be uh, uh, two truths and a lie where you're going to be able to get uh, to know us a little bit better. And then we also have another exciting one. It's called What Makes Us Happy? You're going to be able to get to know us in a whole different light. It's coming up next after this break. Welcome back. It's the time of the show that we are going to do something a little bit different. We haven't ever played a game before on any of our podcast episodes, but we're going to change that today by playing what I like to call two truths and a lie. Have you ever played this, Josh? You know, it was my favorite icebreaker game. Like when you would either start a school or start a new job and you're all getting to know each other. My favorite icebreaker game was two truths and a lie. Well, if you don't know what this is, it's exactly what it sounds like. Basically, you tell the other person, three facts about yourself, but the thing is, one of them is actually not a fact, it's a lie. So then the person listening has to guess which one is the lie and which two other facts are the truth. So with that being said, I guess I can go first this if you want be me to. Absolutely, Brooklyn, take yeah. it away. Um, so here's the first one. I'm named after both of my parents. My sister was born 10 minutes after my birthday. And I'm the oldest of four kids. The two truths. Let me know if you need me to say them again. Give me the uh, number two. My sister was born 10 minutes after my birthday. Wrong. That's the lie. Uh, Dang it. Okay. So you know that one's a truth. So my sister gonna... really was born. I was, my birthday ended. My sister was born 10 minutes after midnight. No kidding. So we're only, we're five years apart, but we're 10 minutes apart. So five so we, years and 10 minutes. Exactly. So we always celebrated our birthdays growing up basically together because our birthdays are only a day apart. But she was literally 10 minutes away from having the same birthday as me. That is incredible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that's what the are truth. the of that? Okay. I know. Okay. The other two are I'm named after both of my parents and I'm the oldest of four kids. Um, well, I guess uh, she was born five years. So she, she, that's the lie there. You're the oldest. I mean, I am the oldest. You think that's the lie? I guess I was confused on the relationship with the five years. I said I'm the oldest of four kids. Was it five years before you were born or five years after? Well, you have have the fact. That's that's (laughs) the lie, but I think you're confused. I'm the oldest of three kids, so I just changed the number of kids. I'm the Uh, oldest of. See, I knew that one there. Something did not seem right about it. Yeah, I have two sisters, so there's three of us. Okay. So that was my lie. I feel like it confused you a little bit, but it's okay. I lost on that one. No point for myself. It's okay. It's all right. Here we go. Are you ready for this one? Yes. Okay. Now, when I was a kid, for whatever reason, we're talking about six, seven years old, uh, you know, single mom, it's hard to keep track of your kids, right? So uh, I got uh, into this little thing where I I like to uh, strike the match and just, you know, watch the little trail of smoke, uh, you know, travel the match as I threw it into like, you know, the wet grass in the backyard. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, you can already see where that goes. Um, I accidentally burnt down a shed. I accidentally burnt down a deck, and I accidentally burnt down a boat when I was a kid. So one of those you didn't burn down? One of those I did not burn down. What are the options again? A shed, a deck, and a boat. I'm going to go with a boat. As what? The one you did not burn. You are correct. 
I don't know why. That was just a total guess. So you burnt down your shed and your deck. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. And I got the uh, fire marshal called on me when I was a kid. Yeah, this was not good. This was like, that was like the first moment in my life where I was ever like in real like trouble and like, yeah. it's like big boy trouble. Oh my gosh. Like, So yeah. did you, did you um, get grounded for that? What happened? I was grounded, I think, until I was uh, 16. Oh, yeah. Uh, and how old were you when this happened? Six. Okay. A decade of groundment. Uh, and and I, I, I was reformed after that. That grounding happened. <laughs> I learned a couple of valuable lessons, though. One, you can never light a wet piece of grass on fire. No matter if you put it on a dry uh, surface or anything like that, it just will not strike fire. So six-year-old Josh learned the hard way that when you put a piece of grass on something dry, make sure there was never a gasoline can around it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awful. Awful. I struck that match, and ba-boom! That thing went up in flames, burnt my eyebrows off. I was running inside. My mom was getting ready for work. I said, Mom, 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 lightning struck the shed. I don't know what to do. It's on fire. Yeah, that's what I went with. It was <laughs> it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Mom, lightning struck happened. the shed. My brother's in the back room playing video games, and like he's like, what's going on? I'm running around the house crazy. And in my meantime, too, I've got like just only underwear on. Yeah, that's that's what you know. Six year olds. I mean, come on, think about it. What is what is uh, your guys' kid run around it? He's, he's two. Like, exactly. He's not six. He's two. Okay, he'll and get he usually that. wears clothes. Okay. All right. Well, nineties <laughs> kids here. I hope that gets cut out. My goodness. No, it's okay. <laughs> all right, that's hilarious, but also terrible. Yeah. Um. All right. So these are some just fun facts about me. I've broken five bones. I can hold my breath for two minutes, and I have a crooked finger. I'm going to go ahead and go with number one. You think I have I have not broken five bones? Yeah. I have. Really? Yes. So, and I'm, and I'm not going to tell fingers. you what the, You can't look at, don't look at them. <laughs> I don't see any crooked fingers. So you think that's it. a lie? Yeah. Really? That's another truth. Which one's cro- crooked? So I'll just go ahead and say, hold on, I can't hold my breath for two minutes. I don't know if anyone can. I just threw that in there. Oh. Okay, so the five bones. I broke four bones in my ankle when I was eight. I got hit by a car. Oh. Yep, I went through surgery. I went Holy through a whole moly. summer of a cast. It was it was a hot mess. And then that was four, that was four bones. And then the fifth bone was my finger. And it's actually really crooked. I know the audience can't see, but I'm showing Josh right now. When I was like two or three, a branch from a tree, like not a twig, but one of the bigger branches, broke off a tree while I was playing under it and smacked me on the oh. hand. Wow! So and I was a little tiny kid, and oh it cut it, it like cut my finger. So my parents put a bandaid around it, but I kept crying about how it hurt so they took me to the doctor and the doctor straight up said that it was not broken so my parents were like okay she must have just hurt it really bad so i go to bed that night and i wake up in the morning and my finger had swollen around the band-aid and was purple and they're like it's broken like there's no way that's not broken so they took me to someone else and they found out it was broken and by that point it had already like started set like setting. Right. And so it's crooked, but it's not like you can't tell when you just look at my hands, I have to hold it out straight, like a certain way for you to see that it's crooked. And the doctor said like, it shouldn't cause me any problems, but if I'm older and I have issues with it, I could get it like reset, but I just don't see going through that because there's no point. And like, I see you looking at my hands now. You can't tell now. Right. You like, I literally have to hold my hand a certain way for you to tell. Like if it's just my, my hands are like, is that your middle finger as well? Yes. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yes. So if I need to flip someone off, use my other hands, they're not like, what is wrong with her finger? So I don't know. <laughs> oh crazy fact about me. Yeah. I did not know that. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. Watch out for branches. <laughs> Seriously. Are you afraid to be under I was big trees literally, now? 
No, but I was literally playing. I remember that. I think it was so traumatic because I was only like th- two or three. But, you know, you go through those situations that are so traumatic that you remember it forever. And I was playing on a swing set with my cousin. And we were just swinging on the swing set. And it came down and smacked me. And, you know, when you're a kid, though, and just like, it's like, you don't even feel the pain, really. I don't know if you've really gone through any big injuries or anything like that. But at the time that it happens, you're just kind of like, eh. This is what's going on. It hurts, but I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it wasn't that big of a deal because I was so young, just living it. I shattered my elbow. I mean, literally shattered it on a trampoline. I tried to do a flip, came back down, landed just at the right angle where all of that weight proportion went on my elbow, shattered it. I had pieces of elbow like six inches oh my into my, my shoulder. Yeah, Ew. The surgery was three and a half hours long oh that my they gosh. had to reconstruct. Dr. Kim, wherever you're at, man, SBO, thank How you. How old for, are you? I had to have been eight, nine. Okay. I was in like first or second grade. Yeah, um, that was the worst. Pins in my arm. So I, I, I can relate to that, that casting. And, and how old were you when that happened? For my finger, I was two or three. For my ankle, I was also in second grade. I was eight. Yeah, wasn't that the worst? You want to know the worst part of that story? What? It was toward the end of the school year, and I had perfect attendance that year, and I was really, really proud of it. And then I broke my ankle, and I had to miss the last two weeks of school. So I had perfect attendance, and I was so mad because I literally missed the last two weeks of school because I was bedridden. And those dreams of being a dental hygienist were just quickly evaporating, weren't they? I think I'd given up that dream by that age. I don't even know what I wanted to be, but... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, but I was super, super bummed about that. But. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's kick it back over here. I'm going to tell you I have stolen selfies with a couple of folks being in the sports world. You know, sometimes they don't want to just give you a selfie, all okay. right? I have a selfie with Little Wayne, Usher, and George W. Bush. Little Wayne, Usher, and George W. Bush. Absolutely. Because remember, George W. Bush came to South Bend. Okay, uh, I feel like you're giving that one away that you have to have one with him. Okay. I was just letting you know. It's kind of giving you a little context. Am here. I right? Is that a truth? It could be. See, Lil Wayne also was a okay. big fan of Skylar Diggins, so he would make stops in the South Bend. I think Bend. you don't have one with Lil Wayne. Really? So what's the lie? George W. Bush. Really? Yeah. What? Oh, I my stole gosh. Selfies. Uh, we were sitting courtside, and, and we looked over, and literally, Lil Wayne comes walking in the first period. And it's like, oh, my God, what? Is that, is that really Lil Wayne? And oh he gosh. was obsessed with Skylar Diggins. I don't know if he was trying to score a date. I don't know who date. that is. Uh, he, she is uh, uh, a local here. She went to Washington High School, played for Notre Dame women's basketball team. Oh, so you were at a basketball game. Yeah, won a national championship there. So we're sitting courtside. And Lil Wayne comes out of one of the tunnels there. And he's literally on the other side of the scorer's bench. So I, I just flipped my phone up. So Lil Wayne. <laughs> he looks over. Yeah, got it. Same with Usher. I asked Usher. This was unbelievable. Where were you for Usher? Usher, I was at Michael Strahan's after party at the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2015. Okay, don't add. It's a long story how we got into that part, but we got in there. It's like two o'clock in the morning. There's folks walking. Around. This is the most New York thing I've ever seen. Kelly Ripa was walking around there. Remember Regis and yeah. Kelly? Yeah, Kelly Ripa. She, she's short. That girl is very, very short. She walks by me. That's how I knew we were in a spot I had never been before. Yeah, what? There's like little little traits of. Johnny Walker. I never heard Johnny Walker before, but after that night, I knew who Johnny Walker was. Shots of Johnny Walker and cheeseburgers just being walked around. But 2 o'clock, Bon Jovi comes out. This no is two, way! No, I kid you not. Bon Jovi pops out of this stage, and literally, he's playing Living on a Prayer. 
I was like, this is my first concert ever. I feel like, it, did I die and go to heaven? What the heck is going on? It was the most amazing thing ever. And then finally, I get to the point where Usher is like 10 feet away from me. He's got his little triage by him. And I, I come up to him. He, he's taking pictures with the folks. I saw it. I come up to him. I said, Usher, can I get a picture with you? Literally, as soon as I finished that sentence, all three of them, Usher, the two background guys, I think were bodyguards, they all start waving their hands like I'm in an Usher music video hitting you with a no-no. Yeah, they're like, no, no. And I'm like, okay. So I literally just turned around. I mean, I literally turned around. I didn't even give a smile to my selfie camera. And you could probably see that I was a little drunk at the time. I just snapped After the they told you no? Yep. And I got him. It's on my social media forever. So Usher was probably like, screw this dude. Absolutely. But I was like, screw him. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, come on. You, I just seen you take pictures with everybody else. Is it, is it because I'm wearing a, a teal tie? Like, what's going on here? Maybe he was just done. Or maybe... Maybe it was 2 o'clock in the morning. He was he's feeling tired. himself. You know, he's he wanted a cheeseburger. It's Canton, Ohio. There's not a lot of places for you to go run to. Okay. Like, okay. we're in the middle of... That's actually a cool story, though. Right, right. So, uh, yep, George W. Bush. Okay. All right. I'm surprised by that because you're like the president, dude. Yeah, but I could never get past Secret Service. Okay, yeah. true. But <laughs> there's probably opportunities for people to get pictures with the president, so... Maybe. Um. Let's see. Your turn. I feel like your stories are more interesting than mine. I was in five different bands at the time I was in eighth grade. So in one year, I was in five bands. I can say the alphabet backwards in a matter of seconds, and I can do a handstand. Alphabet backwards. You think that's a lie? Yeah. Uh, Let me hear it. Z-Y-X-W-V-U-P-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-A-H-D-F-E-D-C-B-A. You can tell that she's had a couple uh, sobriety checkpoints that she's had to pass by. <laughs> no. When I was a kid, I don't know why, but I made it my goal to learn that. Like, I remember laying in bed when I was, like, eight years old and just thinking to myself, okay, Z, Y, X, W, and I would, like, keep saying it backwards to myself until I could say it really fast. I used to be able to say it, like... Is it because you watched Jingle All the Way when you were a kid? I've never saw, seen that. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Me and my two sisters can all do this. And then we all, like, made it this this goal for a long time. My mom was probably tired of hearing us because we used to just scream the alphabet backwards. She probably told your dad, she's like, well, like, good news is, is they ever uh, get pulled over for suspicious of a DOI, they're going to be okay on reciting that backwards <laughs> alphabet. Fingers <laughs> crossed that never happens. But <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So then um, I can do a handstand or I was in five different bands within one year. Okay. Um, I don't doubt the five different bands, but it does seem a little hinky that you were in five different bands in one year. Mm-hmm. But it could have been because you dropped out of band, went into orchestra, and then maybe into, like, a church No, these band. were all at the same time. Oh. So you think that's a lie? Or do you think I can't do a handstand? I think you can't do a handstand. Yeah, you're right. I can't do, <laughs> I can't do anything. I can't, like, I, I, I've tried doing a cartwheel. I look like a giant spider just, like, crawling across the floor. I can't even, like, get my feet off the ground. I am so... I don't know if clumsy is the right word. I'm just not athletic when it comes to, like, gymnastic style stuff. Really? But I just try to throw that in there to trick you. No, the bands thing. Oh, my God. My eighth grade year, I was such a nerd. I played flute, piccolo, and trumpet. I was in three different jazz bands and two regular bands during the school. Like, during class, I had two periods out of the eight periods that were actual band classes. And then I was in three extracurricular jazz bands When in one year. What? Nerd alert. That was what? me. But no, that means that you were involved, right? Very involved. Very involved. Too involved, probably. Not too involved. I don't think you can ever not be too involved. Well, I was very right? busy. Very busy. I like that. That was a good one. Okay. The band one almost got me because I, I wanted to go with that band. It just didn't seem likely, but that was a good one. I like what you did there. Tricky, tricky. Okay. I'm going to go with a never have I seen 
category here, okay? I have never seen an eclipse, a bobcat, and a meteor shower. Hmm. I feel like we just had an eclipse not that long ago. Did we? I don't know. Maybe a couple years ago. I mean, I feel like they happen more than... Do they happen more than once a year? Or am I just crazy? Um, I believe it's like, uh, it's on a monthly like cycle. I think it's like uh, an eclipse though, or is it just, I don't know. I feel stupid well, right now. There's a lunar eclipse. There is like a solar eclipse. I don't the know. lunar is where the moon passes. Solar is where the sun passes. I feel like you've moon. never seen a meteor shower. Well, that one is false there. Meteor showers definitely seen one of those. So an eclipse well, or a then bobcat. I'm going to have to go with, you've never seen a bobcat. Yeah. Cause if you like the sky, the eclipse, you would have seen that too, right? I always wanted a bobcat. You want to own one? Yeah. Okay. Tiger King. No. No. Yeah, scary. No. Those things, I feel like people who get those as pets are just like asking to be attacked. Really? Well, I just feel, okay, I feel like I'm hurting your feelings right now. Well, yeah, because I feel like you think I'm like Tiger King. No, like, no, no, I was just kidding with that. to those tigers, I, don't, I never okay? saw that show, so I don't know. You, what? Um, we've what? talked about this. I can't believe this still. Look. Even in the time that we have talked about look, this, you still have not I don't not care seen. about it. Okay. Um, so I didn't mean it in the fact that he was mean. I just meant like he owns cats but i just feel like unless you're a rehabilitation center people who own those pets just to own them as pets are like like why right, why because they are meant to be out in the wild or doing their thing and then you're just keeping them isolated in this small cage and then you always hear about people who are like oh my lions and tigers would never attack me they love me and then they like die they're like mauled by their tiger you remember sick freedom roy don't you remember that Mm-mm. Oh, wait, Two you know entertainers what? Yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, those were big folks. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, so I just feel like unless you are working at not even a zoo, but just an animal rehab center or a yeah. sanctuary, I just don't see the point. But I see wanting to own one because it's cool. But then the people who actually go out and get one, I'm like, mm, maybe not do that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay, I'll, re- I'll revisit But you've never that. even seen a bobcat. No, I want to see one in purpose. I want to see one in person. You know what this reminds me of? purpose. Have you ever seen an owl? Yes. I feel like most people have seen owls, right? It's the coolest thing ever. Well, my best friend, um, she lives in North Carolina now, but when she she used to live a lot closer to me, and one time she came to visit me in Fort Wayne, and Fort Wayne has a really cool zoo. I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you haven't, I would highly recommend. I think I have. Well, I took her to it because she'd never been, and it's, it is really cool, and one of the things that they have, they have owls, and her favorite animal for years had always been an owl but she'd never seen one in person and i was like how do you even have a favorite animal that you've never even seen and she's like i just think they're the coolest animals ever and she was always super into them so then when she got to go to the zoo we just stood in front of the owl exhibit for the longest time and she was just staring at them like i can't believe i'm seeing this in person and i just thought it was so cute and so precious that's adorable yeah so that just reminded me of that but oh my goodness you know uh the apartment i used to live in an apartment complex not too far away from here and every morning We'd have this owl that was right above, perched high in a tree, this white, beautiful white owl. But it was really cool just to stand underneath it and watch it do its thing. It had to sound so vague, but an owl doing its thing literally is its head moving sideways to sideways. Almost all the way around. It really does. I know. (laughs) It really does that hoo-hoo. I know. I was like, man, what does an owl actually sound like? Owls always remind me of my dad because he's a super big bird person. Like, he loves to look at birds and he he learns different bird calls and stuff. Does he like penguins? Um, Not really penguins. He's more of like the actual like bird birds that are in the sky and trees. And That's a real bird. Hold on. No, because it's not like flying around doing it. (laughs) You're not going to just see a penguin flying in the sky. But he was always into owls. And as a kid, we'd be outside and he'd be like, listen. And it'd be dead silent. And he's like, do you hear that? 
and I'd be like, no, because he has such a, he is too endearing to hearing these bird calls because he just loves them so much. If dad, if you're listening, one of my favorite childhood memories, <laughs> just sitting outside on the deck at the lake and he's like, hey, that's a, that's a swallow. And I'd be like, how do you know that? So owls, he'd be like, oh, I hear that owl. And there would be times where we would just like be driving around the neighborhood and he'd be like, hey, there's an owl on the side of the road right there just sitting there. And I'm like, how do you even see that? Like, he's just, <laughs> that man is so in tune with like different animals and nature. It's wild. But... Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. This is going to be my last one because some of these, I had five of these, but some of the stories have actually given away some of my other facts. So I'm going to kind of switch it around here. Um, I played an entire season on a basketball team and I scored zero points. That's one fact. One of my favorite musical artists follows me on Twitter. And I've never failed a class. I'm going to go with option A. You think that the basketball team and scoring zero points is the lie? Actually, you know what? No, I take that back. Um, Yeah, actually, I'm going to go with that one. That's the truth. What? Yeah, embarrassing. Well, not so the in fact sixth that grade, you didn't. You, well, no, not the, the fact that you didn't score zero points, okay? That's not the embarrassing. You don't believe I was on the basketball team? Yeah. I actually have played a lot of different sports, which is surprising looking at me because I'm just not the athletic type. Like, let's, I'm the musical, like, never like, would have guessed it. Chill person type, right? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not athletic. I'm not sporty. But I have played soccer. I have run track. I have run cross country. I have played basketball. I have swam. I even did, like, gymnastics when I was a tiny little kid. But the handstand couldn't be done. No, because that was, like, really small back then. But that's the thing. It's, like, I have done all kinds of stuff. And um, I might have lied about the gymnastics. I just remember going to this one. (laughs) 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 I'm thinking about this now, and I'm like, did I actually? Or do I just have this weird memory of, like, I swear I was, like, three, and I went to this place. But maybe I wouldn't do gymnastics. Long story short, I I played basketball in sixth grade. I actually tried out only because... My gym coach told me to try out because I'm I was I've always been really tall, but even in sixth grade, like I got my height pretty early, and I've been my height since like seventh, eighth grade. I've probably been five ten my whole life, basically. So when I was in sixth or seventh grade, like I was a lot taller than a lot of kids because they haven't like they hadn't shot up yet. Right. Um, and so I was really tall for sixth grade, and my my uh, gym coach was like, "You should try out for the basketball team. Like it'd be really cool." And I really liked him, so I was like, "All right, I'll do it." So I tried out, and I was not good at the tryouts, but I still made the team. And I think I made the team because I had really good grades. And a lot of kids, like, you couldn't even make the team if you had bad grades. And then also I was tall, and also, like, I was just, like, a nice person. So I feel like they just put me on the team. Um, I was basically a bench warmer the whole time. And every time he put me in, I basically just, like, ran, like, around. <laughs> I never, like, scored. I never scored one point the whole season. And I actually used to cry um about even going to basketball practice like i hated it so much but my mom and i honestly think this was a good lesson my mom never let me quit and she was like she would literally sit on my bed with me sobbing my eyes out about how much i hate the basketball team how much i hated going to practice but she told me she said i don't want you to quit because i want this to be a lesson that you can make it through something that you don't like you don't have to try it out again next year but you need to make it through the season and then also her philosophy was i took the place of someone else who wanted it so if I quit, there was some other girl out there who auditioned but didn't get the spot because I got it. Right. So with me quitting, neither of us got it's the spot. And so she wanted me to do that. And I, I, looking back, I totally agree. It's a great lesson. But at the time, I was miserable. Right. 
But, but you don't know any better. Exactly. But, you know, when you get older, you're like, you know what? I, I like where she was coming from because it is true. It's like when you do something that you're not even positive you want to do, you are taking it away from someone else who really, really wanted it. And right. I will say if I had one redeeming thing about being on the basketball team, I was really smart. Um, and so I would always help the other girls during our like study sessions because we had like required um, like study time before practice every day. And that was always like the girl that people would come to for help. Aww. So at least I was helping everybody keep their grades up. Right, right. You, hey, you were doing it. You so were doing your part. I had a, I had a part. You're a team player. I was a team player, just not on the court. I love that. Uh, so I guess with that being said, then I never failed a class. Or one of my favorite musical artists follows me on Twitter. Which one's the lie? Musical artist follows you on Twitter. That's the truth. You failed I, a class. Oh yeah. That's the thing. It's hilarious me talking about I was a good student. I was a good student. But the one thing I can't do is math. Oh, I am wow. so bad at math. And I'm I was good at I was good at it up until a certain point. Like in middle school, I excelled. I got A's in like all my classes. I hit high school and I think it was like junior year. I joined calculus. Cause at that point I was like in like past twelfth grade math. I was taking the advanced stuff it was a calculus i had a straight big fat f and and i could not get it up and i always felt so bad because my parents they weren't the kind of people who would punish me for getting bad grades but they always put the pressure on like we want you to get good grades so i always had a's sometimes like high b's b plus or whatever but i was always like like freaking out if i had anything below a, a b well just i i couldn't get it past an f like i was Lunking. And so I had to actually drop out of that class and go to a different math class. And then I went to college. And if it was by the grace of God that I, I passed my math classes in college, because you have to take those like standard required classes in college. Right. And there was like a couple different math classes. I had to take one one semester of freshman year and one one semester of sophomore year, I think. And I literally made friends in those classes and we did homework together. And if it wasn't for them, I don't know if I would have ever passed. Like I seriously suck at math. Oh my! There's goodness. a good. There's a reason that I went into like journalism and writing and like reading and stuff because that's where I excel. English, right? But I math, like science, no. Count I me like out. that, man. I'm horrible at math too. So don't look at us for uh, advice in the mathematics department, okay? So uh, logic follows me on Twitter. That's what I was referencing. <laughs> logic. That's my dude. I like that. Yes. If you're what? not familiar, he was a rapper. Love of my life. Love of the life. Just kidding. Until what's-his-face really from care. Vampire Diaries. Yeah, I was going to say, until Seymour, Ian Selmerhalder came into my life, and now <laughs> I don't care. But, no, he was like, I I, don't, I feel like I've told you this before, but he was like one of my favorite artists back before he was an artist. Like, I followed him when he had, like, um, he was like a SoundCloud rapper, you know, uh, before yeah. he was famous. So then, like, because of that, he got to know me because I was, like, one of those fans before he was famous, so he knew his fans. Super So he followed girl. me back then, and then he just never unfollowed me. And now he has, like, millions of followers, but he still follows me. Uh, and I feel lucky. That's a special moment right I there. I will never delete that Twitter account just because I know he follows me on it. Like, I know he doesn't care about me, but at the same time, like, I just can't delete. When we tag this episode on social media, we have to tag Logic on Twitter so that way he can... He probably won't see it. That's okay. He's so famous. People tweet at him all the time now. And you it's know what? cool. Not everyone talks about him on the podcast. And I think oh, yeah. his PR guy is going to need to hear about this, right? All PR people need to hear about when their folks are know. in the news. I just, he will always be <laughs> one of my faves. Oh, that's amazing. So we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we've all been waiting for. What makes us happy? Yeah. All right. Stay with us.
and welcome back. We're going to do our second segment that we're trying to maybe think about making a permanent segment on the podcast, and that's going to be what makes us happy. And usually, Josh, I'm thinking we can find, you know, stories that's making our day, maybe something in the news, maybe just something we're dealing with right now. Like, for instance, I could talk all day about the planner situation that I talked about earlier in the <laughs> yes, show. Yes, you could. But we thought today, just to start it off, we would kind of rank some of the stuff that makes us happy all the time. And it sounds kind of cheesy. Yeah. But it's another way for listeners to get to know us. And when you guys get to know us, we're a bunch of corny individuals. So, you know, this yeah. is going to be par for the course. And I know you wanted to say top five. But I feel like I can't come up. I mean, I came up with seven, and some of them sound super cheesy, but I think I'm just going to tell you all of them. Absolutely. And numbers, I'm going to go in backwards order to make it to the top. Okay. Okay? So number seven for me is food. Food Food. makes me so happy. I just love food. It's original. Pizza. Pizza, cheeseburgers, bacon. I'm definitely not vegetarian, if you can't tell by that. I don't know. That sounds really, it just sounds stupid, but it's true. Food makes me so happy. I love food. Comfort food, right? That's the whole situation of me talking about how I need to stop eating fast food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just love fast food. I know it's terrible for you, but I I love McDonald's. I love Arby's. I love Culver's. Culver's. I just found out Culver's is doing sweet potato fries now. Sweet potato fries. I need to try those. Yeah. So, food, man. I, I would be so sad if, you know, someday they come up with, like, some way to just like eat a pill and that's all you need for the day for all your nutrients. I feel like that's like the, fu- that's coming in the future. Isn't that what astronauts do? I, they, I don't know. They do something like that. It's right? like dehydrated. Just not, I just, I need, I need food to keep me going. So what you're saying is, is this fast food thing is going to be very it's hard. It's going to be very year. hard. I will update you guys on how my progress is going later on this year. Okay. Probably not well, <laughs> knock on wood. We're going to try it out, but that's, that's my number seven. Oh What's my something gosh. that makes you happy? Well, I didn't come up with seven. Okay, I gave it's okay. you a, a top five list. Okay. A number five at the bottom of the list for me, Snowfall. Aww. I think it's stuff that, yeah, I know. I'm a corny individual if you haven't figured it's okay, out. okay. Mine was food, so. I love the fact that when you, you walk out into a morning and you just see the, the snowflakes in the air and they're ever so big or ever so small and they just hit the window and, and you kind of see. You ever remember being a kid in, 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 in grade school and they were telling you about how there's never a same snowflake. None of them are identical. No yeah. matter how many times you go look for it, none of them are the same. So when you watch it hit the, the windshield and you just see the actual formation of that snowflake, it's like, wow, that's that a was cool deep. thing. Yeah. Do you, okay, are you one of those people that you like snow all year or are you, because I'm the kind of person that I like when it snows when it first starts snowing. So like late November, early December, I like a white Christmas. I like a, a snowy New Year's Day. But after that, it can go away. Or do you like it all the way up until like April when it stops snowing? I want it to snow when it's supposed to snow. I don't want to have November, December, January like we're having now. Mm-hmm. Little to no snow. I mean, it's sunny outside. I see grass that's green. And my brain is like, it kind of looks like April out there. So do you like winter better than summer? Now, that's a question about temperature, right? So, do I like being warm or cold? I love being warm. But you just like the snow. I love so the snow, have to there's do so with... many activities out there. I mean, backyard curling. I was just going to say, and it goes back to ice skating. I know you love ice skating hockey. Absolutely. So, the snow and the ice, that's your time to shine, basically, yes, is what you're saying. Absolutely. I will say I do like colder weather than warmer weather because I like wow. the clothing that comes with it. I like to wear leggings and boots and scarves and sweaters like i like nice to, scarf right i'm literally now. wearing boots and a scarf and that's just my comfort i'm not someone that likes to wear like 
short shorts and tank tops. It's just not my style. Okay. Like I'm not as comfortable in it. I like layers. Winter, so cold months winter, are good time. Exactly. So as soon as it starts getting cold, as soon as it's like October and you feel that crispness in the air, I start to I start to thrive. Okay, okay. that's my favorite. I like it. Yeah, I like it. So I can okay. relate a little bit, okay. I guess. All right. I'll tell you my number six and number five, then just to catch up with you since I did too many. (laughs) And number six, I actually just kind of mentioned, I love comfort stuff. Like I like to be bundled up in sweaters and I love blankets. Um, I know you know this about me, but not everyone does in the morning for the morning show. I literally sit bundled in a Sherpa blanket every single morning because I'm cold. But I just love being comfortable. Like I literally wear sweatshirts and leggings to work every single day because comfort over fashion any day of the week for me. So that blanket, comfort items. That blanket is clutch for you. And that I know you're is looking my favorite at it right thing. <laughs> you're like, it's been a while, blanket, but don't worry. I know, I'll see you tomorrow. I know. I know. <laughs> so that's my number six. And then number five, it kind of uh, counteracts your, your snowfall. But I just love, like, not necessarily hot weather, but, like, the sunshine and fresh air. Like, when you've been inside a building for a long time, that feeling of going out and the fresh air hits your face and the sun hits your face. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, one of the best feelings in the world. It's like a... Um, a cleansingness just washes over you. At yeah, you're point. like endorphins, like heighten up. Oh. And or when it gets really nice out, and you can roll down the windows, and you're open your sunroof, and the sun is like hitting your skin, and it's the warmth, and you're driving, and you can just yes. blast the music. That is one of the best feelings ever. Yes, yes. I gotta tell you, my number four then is gonna have to stay on that music trend. Okay. I love nothing more than hearing some trumpets, brass, and soul music. There's something about it. Maybe it's because we grew up so close to Chicago here, but literally, rhythm and blues, there's just something about that kind of music that Mm -hmm. just ignites the soul. And so when I think of something that makes me happy, you hear a guy like James Brown or Charles Bradley and their songs that they made, you listen to it, and it just takes you there. It takes you there to a type of place that uh, not many things can take you there. See, I like... Um, string instruments and music, yeah. violins, cellos. Like when I think of um, the Beatles and Eleanor Rigby, Eleanor Rigby, yeah. that song. I just love the the vibe song. of the of the string instruments. I think that's so beautiful. Oh, so so gorgeous. My number four is just I love all kinds of entertainment, but specifically TVs and movies and like just shows. I love TV. I talk about this all the time, so people know this about me at this point, but. The big thing that makes me happy, if I'm just trying to relax, is watch some TV. I love TV. I don't know what I'm... I'm so glad that I was born in this time period and not like 100 years ago. Because really? what would I do for fun? Listen to the radio? Oh, I mean, I love the radio. Books, I'm on the radio, but... All the I things just, that you wish you had more time for? I love TV. Uh, what's your number three? My number three. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it's going to have to be the smell of rain. Ooh, that's a good smell. Smell of rain. There's something about, you know, and especially in the summertime, you walk out there and it's like that first rain, you know, that hits the pavement or the cement mm-hmm. and you smell there's the rain in the air. You walk out of the building or whatnot. And it's just, there's just something about that smell. It's like a cleansing, renewing smell, if you will. You know what's weird to me? How it always, you can always smell the rain before the rain comes. Yes. Like you're like, it's going to rain soon. It's not exciting. It's, yeah. so, it's so weird that we can do that. But what's some other smells you like? Honestly, it's going to sound weird, but I, I, I love, there's two of them. I love the smell of uh, evergreen, okay. the tree. Mm-hmm. And I also love the smell of the, uh, it's going to sound corny, but the water's hitting the rocks. And I, I know that doesn't sound like, but is, there is a, a certain, and it's almost a pungent smell of water hitting the rocks like on a beach somewhere. And uh, it, it might smell like a little bit of 
algae, if you will, which I know you're like gross, but it's, I know what smell you're talking about uh, yes. for sure. And it's only describable in places where you have water, like at a pond or like a river or something. Now that's a pungent smell, that river smell. So am but I wrong? Not, Are you wrong, talking though. about something else? You're not wrong though. I have you ever been to like the Gulf or anything, Gulf of Mexico or uh, out yeah. east coast? When you first arrive to that beach, right, and you, you see the open ocean. So you're talking there. about salt water. You, it could be any of that. I, I think even in Lake Michigan, uh, especially okay. like when the waves are coming in pretty hard on the uh, the uh, western side of uh, Michigan there. Um, and, and it's maybe just a mixture of the water being in the air. And it's it's a little bit of fresh water. So that pondy kind of smells there. But it's like an algae. I can't believe I'm even describing this in <laughs> great okay. detail that we're in. But <laughs> it's, uh, folks, if you can't go to Lake Michigan anytime soon, get there soon. Because you'll know exactly the smell that I'm talking about. Okay, watch for the ice, though. My favorite is baking bread. Baking bread. Oh, my gosh. The smell of bread that's, like, half-baked in the oven. Oh, it's so amazing. It's like there's a garlic? A, there's a, no, just, like, the bread smell. Okay. It doesn't have to be garlic. But there is a, actually a bread factory in Fort Wayne, and so I equate the smell of baking bread to my hometown. Really? But one of my favorite things to make at home is banana bread. I Ooh. love, especially chocolate chip banana bread. Yes. I make some bomb banana bread, okay? Why Trust you been me, holding I'll out? have to make it this for you sometime. This friendship is in a year, and I've never... No, it's so good. I make really good banana bread, and I love the smell when it's, like, halfway done, and the house just smells like bread and bananas and chocolate, and, oh, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Oh, my gosh. That definitely tastes But you know what? And I, I went to a whole detail about this one day in a car ride with you. We, we, we went on a road trip together. Yeah, that one was day I an hour and a half. Ice skating, right? <laughs> yeah, it was an hour and a half there and back. So we spent three hours in the car together, and we got deep. Well, not even deep. We just talked about some stuff that I don't even know how we got on that topic. But I started talking about one of my favorite smells, and it's the smell of McDonald's toys. Oh, I almost had <laughs> forgotten about this. Okay, you, I, I only bring this forgot. up. I only bring this up because you went into such detail about the like the rock and the water. Oh, take me there with the toys, please. Okay, I'm gonna do some ASMR. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you, have to, you have to put yourself in this position, though. And maybe this is just me. I'm a freak. But, like, okay, you go to McDonald's, and you get a Happy Meal. And most of the Happy Meals are made of, like, that really cheap plastic. Like, the toy's, like, not a good toy. But as a kid, you're like, this is awesome. So it's really cheap plastic. And that smell of plastic is not as great on its own. But then when it mixes, the aroma mixes with the smell of the french fries and it's like french fry plastic i don't know what it is man but it makes me so happy and the thing is like i stopped smelling that smell when i stopped getting happy meals but now i have a two-year-old stepson and he gets happy meals and i'm like yes i don't know i'm a freak i used to get those beanie babies in my mcdonald's and the beanie babies kept the smell of fries for a long time so then you'd smell your beanie baby it smelled like mcdonald's french fries so is it the smell of fries or the smell of plastic that's got you mix. hooked? It's the mix of the toy. And it's the- a plastic French fry. <laughs> that basically is what is attracted you. I'm just trying to understand this, you know. This is a, a couple of conversations. Remember, we had the car ride. We had the we beginning of the quirks. show. Oh, no, Okay, please. I think it's plastic because you know why? Why? I also like the smell of fresh Barbies. Fresh Barbies? What does that mean? What? You're getting to know Barbecue? me on a whole... No, no, no. Barbie. When you go to the store and you buy a new Barbie, Barbie doll, doll? <laughs> yeah, and you open the box and it smells like fresh plastic. No. So you just like strip down your Barbie and you just, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, that's a fresh one. <laughs> <laughs> what is the 
quirks. We all have our quirks. <laughs> okay. I okay. feel like I feel like literally no one can relate to this. Maybe this is just a me thing. I'm not gonna judge you. I don't know, but like the smell <laughs> you go I'm barbecue s- and I'm like, no, like the doll. Just like the smell of like the fresh plastic. Mm-hmm. I have tears streaming down my face right now. Because this is embarrassing that I'm getting to this point. I've no, really no. I've really opened up today. Okay. You have. This is a, a whole side of Brooklyn Look, the folks have not I gotten. I promise to see. I'm normal. I this promise. Is, normal. is it? Well, we're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> and the comments back, and, oh, yeah, I like the smell of plastic, too. I mean, seriously, let us know what your favorite smells are, because maybe I'm just crazy. I also like the smell of gasoline at gas stations. You don't? Did you like huffing Sharpies as well when you're in, no, like... No, and I don't huff the smell of gas, but, like, just when you're, like, <laughs> you open the car. <laughs> I wasn't implying that you were huffing gas over here, okay? <laughs> just Asking if you like the smell of gas and you maybe like the smell of plastic. <laughs> Did you like the smell of when the Sharpie was? No, but you know what? Speaking of huffing stuff, I like the smell of um, rubber cement. Okay. That I didn't huff it because that could probably actually like could probably screw with your mind. Your up a little yeah, bit. but the smell of it, like as a kid when I was using it on art projects and stuff, uh-huh. that smells good. I think our parents, you know, probably followed suit in that time. They didn't know a lot about the FDA wasn't as probably no now like that. they're onto that stuff. But I just like the I just like weird smells. I don't know. Like I feel like none of those are like too out of the ordinary, but they're over specific. Like fresh Barbie doll and fresh. <laughs> I can't wait to have a review about this discussion with my folks and just find out. Hey, hey guys, give me your top three weird smells that you grew up with. <laughs> and if one of them says rubber cement or plastic, I will. All I really be hope your mom goes. You know the smell of fresh Barbie doll really does it for me. <laughs> Uh, you know what, you, uh, uh, Brooke, let's begin to know my mom a little bit. I can't wait to see what she says to that. Well, <laughs> oh. if people thought I was rude before, this really did it. Oh, this did um, it. All right, so my number three, going back to me, I copied your number four. is actually music, but I don't have a specific. I know I said string instruments, but yeah. I just love music in general. Like, I like all genres. I love country. I love pop. I love rap. I love I mean, those are probably my top three. And then I had like some more peculiar stuff depending on the song. But those are my top three. I listen to all kinds of pop music. But country music, especially in the summertime, I love some country music in the summertime. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Rolling down the windows, listening to Sam Hunt. Sam Hunt's my dude. Thomas Rhett. <laughs> love those dudes. Um, what's the one guy's name? He's um he's an American Idol. He's like one of the judges. Luke Bryan. Oh, Luke I saw Bryan. him in concert. That I was so Luke. fun. It's a bad rap, but I like him a Luke lot. Luke is like really cool. And he was really good live because I feel like some people just aren't so good live, but he was good. Right. Um, I don't know. So though, just music in general just makes me so happy. Like I, I like I, if I'm having a bad day, turn on some jams pretty soon. I'm not too worried anymore. What would we be without music? I know. Like literally music makes my world go round. Yeah. I don't know who I would be without music in the world. Man, I like that. But number two on this list here for me uh, is going to have to be that feeling of, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever taken like a floaty, you know, you know, one of those uh, rafts, just hopped on there, laid on your back and just floated. Yes. Yeah. That's got to be one of the most. Well, that was so specific, but yes. Solidifying feelings ever of just, just being there and you can close your eyes if you want to, or you can get lost up in that big blue sky that's above you. Either way you look at it. There's just something about that, and you got no control over where you're floating to. You can try. The way it's going to take clump, you. I'm going to clump my two and one together so I can do a different number two because you just reminded me of a different specific feeling I have to say is up okay. there for me. Okay. It's theme parks and, like, rides, roller coasters, like, the drop towers, like, all that adrenaline. Because you were making me think of, like, relaxing stuff, but I love adrenaline rides and just things that are, like, super fast and fun. Going tubing on a lake. Hey, that's fun. 
You don't like roller coasters, though? Heck no. My first ever roller coaster was in uh, Colorado, all right? My first roller coaster attempt was an old-school wooden roller coaster. Never again. I thought I was going to die. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever been to Cedar Point? Nope. <sighs> because that wooden roller coaster did it but for me. But they have some I'm... really fun. They're safe. You are safe on those. Did you? All right. And for the folks listening, like our parents, they know about wooden roller coasters. I've ridden ro- wooden roller coasters, but I like the, the newer ones, like the stuff that makes you go upside down and oh, so much fun. Yeah, forget about that. Do you but... like like haunted houses and stuff? Oh, yeah. I love okay. having the shit scared out of me. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, uh, when it comes to do I want the shit scared out of me or do I want to be scared like I'm going to die? I don't want to feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Not everyone likes roller coasters, but man, I love them. I love that adrenaline. We hit that corner one time, and I swear, the left side of the wheels came off the track, and we started tipping a little bit. I was done. Forget about that. How old were you during this? 12. Look, you're a lot older. You should give it another chance. I'm good. All right, fine. I will live vicariously through you on that one. All right. What's your number one, then? My number one is going to be sunsets, sunrises. Uh, there's something about looking up in the sky. And, and whether you're looking over at water or mountains or wherever you're at, you can basically put yourself in any place and look up at the sky for a sunset and just watch watch the world's beauty just literally happen in front of you. You're seeing a sun that's setting there, and the sky turns all that pink and orange and a little bit of purple, and it just it almost like it's dancing in front of you, saying, thank you for enjoying this day. And the next time you get to see it, the beauty of it, it's when that big, dark, royal blue sky turns into that light blue, and then you see the sun start coming up. And you get to watch it every day. I mean... You no, turn your my ba- back's to it, though. But you turn your back every now and then, and you go from watching the dark sky to seeing a little bit of yeah, that blue. Yeah, that's true. And there's just something about it. What I, do you prefer better, the sunrise or the sunset? Oh, man. I, that's You're literally asking me the toughest question there. and it's, You don't have to pick one. No, I just wondered. I love both of them, and it's literally because of what it represents. You know, and every day we look for opportunities, right, for a new chance or a second chance. And every time that sunset goes, it means this day is done. And every time that sunrise happens, it means there's a new chance, a new beautiful start for something else to happen today, Mm -hmm. which means close the book, open the next page. You reminded me of a quote that I read actually last night, and it stuck with me. Um, And it's actually what you're talking about. So positive. I'm going to bring it down for a little bit, but I promise it goes back up to be positive. (laughs) But I was reading about this, um, this parrot. This is totally random. Um, And it was one of the smartest parrots ever to exist and it basically like could have full conversations with you and it one of the last thing it said to its owner was see you tomorrow and then it never got to see its owner tomorrow and people were just like wow that like really makes me think that you know not necessarily an animal but just saying to your friends and family like i'll see you tomorrow and you could maybe not see them tomorrow and then someone said that one of the favorite quotes that they've ever read was start each day with the end in mind and you talking about um just like the sunset and it's the end of a day but it's just like same with the sunrise it has that that start of a new possibility and a new day, but you've got to remember, like, you never know how many days you're going to get. So try to live every day to the fullest. Start it with the end in mind. Make sure you tell everyone you love them. Kind of thing like that. But I really, really liked that quote. I don't know who said it, but I start every day with there. the end in like mind. So. Wow. Wow. Now that, I mean, just take a second and really think about that. Start every day with the end in mind. Because you really don't know. You don't. You don't. You don't. And you think you're going to grow old and have this long, happy life. and But 
not everyone is that lucky. So seriously, I mean, it sounds cheesy and I feel like everyone says this all the time, but don't take things for granted. Seriously, no, don't. don't. Maybe that's something I should start working on for 2021. Thinking about things that I want to focus on every day. Maybe that's one of them. Seriously, don't take any day for granted because you really do not know. And if anything's taught us, 2020 taught us, yes. you don't know what's going to be around you the don't. corner. So, don't. so make every moment count. Make man. every moment count. Wow. We went deep there, but I'm glad we did because that, that, that needed to be said. Huh? It does. I mean, we're what, week two, it's week so three easy to forget. Year? It is so easy to forget. And then it's like something major happens in life, whether it's like a loved one dies or something big happens. And then you start not taking things for granted again because something happened. But then a few months later, you do start to forget again because that's just life. And that's just human nature, I think, to just live every day like, you know, another one's going to happen. But yeah. here's your reminder right now. You know what's trying to remember that. I don't mean to go deeper into this, but when you said that, and I think that becomes the most case until you've lost that one, right? The one that that changed it off for you. Now, I, I told you I, I, in the early in the podcast, I got fortunate enough to have three three dads: my real dad, my grandfather, my stepdad. So when when my my grandfather passed away, again, it's a guy I grew up just down the street from. Um, that changed everything because normally, like you know, after something like that, you're like, okay. You know, yeah, that that moment fades. But he was such a big part of my life and such a best friend of mine Mm -hmm. that literally, and this is going to sound crazy, okay? My grandfather is cremated. I carry him around with me every day. He's in my backpack. I live for him. You have, like, something that the ashes went into? What is it? It's a a little urn. like a a little okay, just a little one. I didn't know if you made, like, jewelry out of it or what. Just a little tiny urn. And it's a reminder to me to live every day like I'm living for him, right? So I can have conversations with him, so I can so I can show him things, so I can still make him proud. For sure. I, I don't know if that's afraid of like letting go. No, and definitely not. This is like us in our twenties, right? But like I think when you have someone that you lose, whether it's a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, a friend, if it's someone super important to you, there's not a, a time where you're supposed to just move on and let go. I mean, yes, things get easier to cope with. But I feel like that person's always going to have an impact on your life. Because I know I talked about her before, but my grandma, my grandma was one of my very favorite people. And I mean, I probably don't think about her every single day at this point. She passed away five years ago, but she is still a major part of me. And I think about her quite often, especially when it comes to family traditions. My mom was also super close with her because it was her mom. So we talk about her a lot. She comes up in conversation. But I mean, I have a tattoo about her. And I think about like anytime something big happens, whether it's Christmas or her birthday time comes around or even the the time of year that she passed away, she's always a big part of my life. And I think that's never going to change because like you said, they just they had such an impact on you when they were alive. And I think that's okay. I mean, there's a difference between um, like being depressed and like focusing on just the fact that they're gone and being sad or just accepting that they're gone. And I mean, yes, you can still be sad about it, but just accepting that and still having them a major part of your thoughts, if that makes sense. Live for two. Yeah. You're still, they're still part, they're still part of your history and who you are and created. They helped, they had a big major part of making you who you became. Yeah. So. Wow. Wow. We went there. We did go there. And that kind of actually brings me to my number one. Um, and mine is just friends and family, my people. Aww. That's like the t- the number one that makes me happy. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have such a close family. Like, I mean, my parents and my sisters, I was really, really blessed to have a great family unit still to this day. Um, and my sisters and I, like, we are really close, but at the same time, we're all in very different parts of our lives. Um, I'm 26. I live in a different um, city that 
my sisters do. I have kind of my own family going on. Both my sisters are in college, but they, they go to two different colleges. So we're all kind of spread apart. But every time that I'm with them, it's like we were, we're kids again and nothing changed. You know what I mean? And That's I feel incredible. like it's always going to be that way. I will. I have this, you know, motivation to never let that slip because, you know, when when people get older, they're not necessarily close with their siblings anymore. But I want that closeness. I want to always feel that way. And same with my parents. I make sure to keep in touch with them. I call my mom at least once a week probably to just catch up. We talk about nothing, but we're still on the phone <laughs> for an hour and a half. But even my friends, too. Like, I don't have a lot of friends. And I know we talked about this um, on a different episode, but just like the quality over quantity. But those yeah. those those girls that I am super close with, I make an effort to to keep that closeness because we keep said this quality, before. Right? You you can't make new old friends, and so right. you got to keep those friends and keep that like keep that going because if you lose it, like it's gone forever. And so and they really keep get me through everything. If I have to call someone and talk to something about anything that's going on in my life, I know that those people are always going to be there for me. So. My fans, friends and family definitely make them, me the most happy out of everything in life. I could lose my TV shows. I could lose my books, but I can't lose my people. So and that's a genuine answer. You know, cause, and folks, you guys don't have the fortune and you know, experience right now to be able to look at Brooklyn. But I'm looking at her over there behind her microphone, and it's a little bit of a teary-eyed. But I did get a little sincere, choked up there for a you know? minute. And, and no, like, I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, I know the folks are going to be able to say that, but thank you for sharing that because. That and was, I feel like everyone has look. those people, but I, it's unfortunate, but I don't think everyone was blessed to always have a close family unit. I know sure. plenty of people who, even as a kid, they were kind of forced to grow up on their own, Yeah, whether they had siblings or not. And so I just, I feel like my parents have always been there for me. And so they're probably listening to this and getting choked up too, but mom and dad, I love you. Aww. I owe so much to them. Well, so. damn it, mom, dad, I love you guys too. Okay, for the fo- <laughs> I just need to make sure we're on even pages here. My goodness. Yeah. So th- that's my list of things that make me happy. Well, you got starting my list. from food all the way to fam. Food to fam. Mine started <laughs> at snowfall, ended on sunsets and sunrises. Hey, it's okay. Yeah. I just and that's the thing. It's like you know you like you have deeper stuff too, but it's like whatever pops in your head. I mean, it all makes you happy, right? Yeah. So. I know they kind of refer to me as the Sausage King around here, but the Sausage King is a little bit of a deeper thought. What does that even mean? I'm not sure. Someone around here. Who said that? Someone was like, hey, Josh, you're like the Sausage King. And (laughs) it was the same person who told me, like, I'm like a a 45-year-old man inside a 25-year-old's body. I'm like, what does that mean? You do have an old soul. What does that mean? I don't know how to describe it other than, like... And it's not it's not all the topics that we talk about, but you just you take things a lot more like deep than other people. I think that's kind of what it means. Like you take things, you look at them differently than the average twenty year old, and that's okay too. But I just you okay. just have an older soul. Like I don't know how to describe it other than that. Well, for my older folks out there that are twenty six and on, I'm your guy. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> stay with us because coming up, we'll just talk about a little bit what to expect in the next episode or two, and uh, tell you how to reach us. And welcome back. It's that time of the show now where we talk about what to expect in our next podcast episode. And Josh, I just actually came with this. And Josh, I just actually came up with this idea like right now. But I think it would be good to talk about just things that we have learned in our 20s. We're halfway through our 20s, actually past halfway now. We're both 26. And looking back, I mean, the person that I was when I was 19, 18, 
I've definitely grown quite a bit, and I know you have probably too. I feel like your 20s are the years that you really become who you are meant to be. And I feel like I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. I'm still learning a lot. Yeah. I'll probably be in my 30s and look back when I was like 26 and think, oh, wow, I didn't even know half of what I should know. Or You know what I mean? You're always learning stuff. You're always growing. But there's a lot of stuff that I have learned. And I'll give you an example of kind of what I'm talking about. Um, I think I've just become a lot more confident in who I am as a person. Looking back, I feel like I've adapted my own style, whether it be like clothing or whatever. But just, I mean, I dyed my hair purple this year. I've been wanting to do that for years, but I was always kind of scared of what people were going to think about me and people's first impressions. And I got to the point where I was like, I don't care. This is who I want to be. Let me just do it. And I feel more comfortable and happy about myself than I have in years because I just did what I wanted to do. And do people treat me any different? No. I actually got a lot of compliments on it. So it's (laughs) stuff like that. Or like saving money. I have a 401k account now and I... (laughs) I didn't even know what that was like five years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's those natural matru- uh, maturation steps of life, correct? Yeah. Like, um, there's a lot. I think uh, for the first part, for anyone that I came encounter with when I was 19, 20, I apologize. Definitely who I was now, who I am then, or who I was then, who I am now. Yeah. Two different people. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. If I could meet up with... 19-year-old me, I'd punch him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I apologize. But, again, growing up, you just have to do it. Especially right. when you're the middle kid. We haven't even talked about that. Oh, no. The middle kid always got to go figure everything out by themselves. And maybe we should talk about that, too, because you're the middle yep. of how many? Uh, well, so the middle of my oldest brother and my sister on my mom's side. And then I got two half-brothers on my dad's side. So, I have all together five of us. And you're the you're number three of the five? I'm or? number three yeah, number three of the five. Okay. See, and I'm the oldest. So we've had different life lessons being in those no, different no, 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 areas. No. Hold on, I don't mean to say that. Three of the five. So I have two half brothers. So my dad and my stepmom had two kids. My mom had my brother and I, the original two. And then she had a, a daughter with okay. my stepdad. So on my mom's side there's three, right? And my dad's side is two. Altogether, there's five, but on my mom's side, I'm the middle of my brother and my sister. That's really confusing, but I think I'm with you. I hope so. I think I'm with you. (laughs) But still, you've had different experiences than I have growing up and life lessons learning in in that situation in your family. So we could always throw that in, too. You'll hear how I got, uh, well, excited by matches. (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea that story existed. That one Uh, got me. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it would be good. I mean... We're always learning, and maybe there's some stuff that we've learned in our 20s that, like, I've learned that you don't know about, or vice versa. Right. So it'd be a good time to maybe teach each other some stuff and life lessons that we've learned along the way. I'm excited for this one. Okay, I think it'll be a good one. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So that'll be uh, episode 7 of Grownish. And as always, I thought I would take a moment to talk about where you can reach us. So, Josh, you go first. Where can Absolutely. people find you? So on Twitter, you can find me at JoshRW underscore Williams. And on Facebook, is Josh Willie Williams. Okay, for me, I actually just changed my Twitter handle. What? It used to be at Brooklyn Beatty, but I just changed it to at Radio Brooklyn because that's my name on a different, that's on that's on TikTok. If you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm at Radio Brooklyn on TikTok. I wasn't going to promote that, but here we are. So I decided to make my Twitter the same as my TikTok. So I'm at Radio Brooklyn on Twitter and Facebook. You can just find me by searching Brooklyn Beatty and Gronish. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok, both at Gronish Podcast, Facebook, Grownish podcast and of course you can always email us let us know how you, what you think of the episode let us know things that make you happy maybe you even have something you could throw in for us to talk about on stuff you should know 
That's grownishpodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. And there was so much that we talked about in this episode that you guys should get involved with. And I yeah. hope that you guys do. Please join the conversation. We would we love, love that. It. Yeah. Love even, more. even stuff that you maybe learned in your 20s that you want us to talk about in the Absolutely. next episode. Let us know. I seriously want to hear from people. That is like the one thing that out of the episodes we've released so far, we haven't had a lot of interaction yet. I mean, I've had feedback about our shows, but not a lot of interaction about the topics. So seriously, I would love nothing more than that. Absolutely. I'm excited. Me too. All right. Well, as always, thanks for tuning in to Grownish Podcast. It's great to have you here and we're glad to be doing what we're doing. We'll see you next time. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.